You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Tuesday edition, your show as we do every week, Twitter Tuesday, your Twitter questions and some news to get into actually a couple of big stories around the NFL breaking in the last 24 hours, Matt, that we'll get into here at BD Peacock on Twitter at Williamson NFL is where you can find myself and Matt Williamson on Twitter. Get those questions in if you want to ever get involved in a Twitter Tuesday or throughout the week if we ever filter in some other listener questions or topic ideas, which we tend to do from time to time. All right. Well, we got to start with this one. This one from Raiders defensive line. Carl Nassib and uh, he shared this video on social media we'll play the audio for you here and he becomes the first active NFL player to announce that uh, that he is gay so here is Carl Nassib what's up people I'm Carl Nassib I'm at my house here in Westchester Pennsylvania just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay I've been meaning to do this for a while now but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest Um, I really have the best life I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, But until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate, and I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America. And they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Uh, That's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great day. Work hard. So that is Carl Nassib uh, coming out there on his social media account. And it was a good point by him saying, you know, he's a private guy. He doesn't want this to be the story, I'm sure, about his career and about his team, but something he needed to do. And him doing this now makes it easier for the next guy, which makes it easier for the next guy. And even people before him, like Michael Sam, who never actually got to be active in the NFL, but that was so highly publicized and that was a bigger deal and that made this easier for Carl so that's the way it goes in this and I think Matt my big takeaway from all this is the reaction I've seen overwhelmingly is like okay cool and 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 that's the the best sign that we're going in the right direction that's exactly what I was thinking too because I was like when it came out about Sam boy that was big news yeah and not that this isn't I'm not downplaying at all great for him I love that he's doing it for a good cause as well he's donating money you know he's, he's trying to help the awareness I think is what he said but my first thoughts even when the blurb came across my phone last night I was like oh okay you know I just went on with my day you know like I didn't <laughs> right. think twice about it like it, where Sam it was across the you know f- felt like it was front page news on every you know paper you could find type of thing and then and that's what i'm going with with this it's great that it's not earth shattering and i'm sure that there'll be many more and it's, tr- it's tremendous i mean good for him i mean it's still a gutsy move i'm not downplaying it at all and you hope that it doesn't make and i'm sure this is part of why he and any player you know has a right to keep personal things personal and you know you don't have to come out publicly if you don't want to and like he said the process shouldn't even be necessary 
and you, you if you're Carl Nassib, you probably don't want it to be every time you make a play in an NFL game, it's like, oh, there's gay defensive end Carl Nassib making a play, right? He's <laughs> right, like, right. That's Carl Nassib making a play, period. Right. I mean, Doug Williams, the African-American quarterback, right. Doug Williams. You know, like, we know. I mean, it, it's not even news. It's, don't even mention it. Yeah, and I would imagine that isn't the case. I mean, maybe – the Raiders first game of the year or somebody mentions it to, and and he acknowledges it again, but um, I'm sure his teammates have no issues with it. Um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, the fact that I, I don't have much to say about it really to me indicates that the world is going in the right direction. Finally. Yeah. I'm good for, for Carl Nassib. I'm sure it was weighing on him and he seemed very at ease with that in his video. You out there listening, if that's the first time you've heard it, you didn't see it and see his face, but that was a video he posted on his social media. And uh, he seems very at ease and very comfortable with the situation and comfortable with himself. So that's all you can ask Perfect, for yeah. there. Uh, some very different stories breaking in the last day or so, Matt. This one, not great for Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark, who was arrested and police saying that he had an Uzi in his Lamborghini. So an Uzi in a Lambo. I mean, right. th- this is like a story <laughs> that could date back to the 80s. Uh, this is a, a Miami Vice. Or yeah, right? like this is out of a scene out of a movie, right? So yeah, his Lamborghini. <laughs> it wasn't a Lamborghini like sports car. It was a Lamborghini SUV. So I'm not even sure Ooh, what that even looks like. Thing. And in fact, I'm going to go take a picture, go take a look at what a, a Lambo SUV even looks like. But uh, bad news for Frank Clark. You got a, an automatic weapon in... Your uh, sports car, um, that is not good. That is not good for him. And he's had an up-and-down career, a really interesting career. His play's been up and down, showed up at the end of the year last year, uh, disappeared at times. He's making a lot of money, 25 ish million on the cap, I think, this year, too. So yeah. he's that part of his contract that he signed a couple years ago with the Chiefs, I believe, in the 2019 offseason. Um, I don't know. They've got some decisions to make there with uh, with a guy who gets into this kind of trouble. Well, I, I think when we did our mini cap re you know re- review last year, put a kind of a bow on mini camps and OTAs and all that. I think we prefaced it by saying, well, probably most news between now and camp are going to be bad. And you know, a year ago, a lot of these young men weren't able to get out and spread their wings, and we may have a rash of off the field issues over the next you know month, five weeks, whatever. I don't know Frank Clark. I do know that he is an immense talent that went in the, what, the fourth or fifth round because of off-the-field issues coming out of Michigan. I mean, there was red flags. I don't know exactly what they were, but it wasn't because he wasn't a talented player. It was off-the-field issues. And you mentioned it. He's a massive cap hit, just talking football, and he hasn't lived up to it lately. I mean, I thought he was a little bit on the hot seat before the Uzi and the Lambo move, you know, like that he probably was staying, he probably, you know, was able to keep his head above water because they don't have another top edge guy and they're trying to, you know, win the whole thing this year. But would they move on from him and call Melvin Ingram and Justin Houston or something like that? Or, I mean, because it's an area that they absolutely need. They're going to play in a lot of shootouts. Pass rush is super important. But he has not been great for a while now. So on the field is a bit worrisome before this. I believe he was a second round pick. Is he? I think he did go I thought he was later somewhat. Than that. Yeah, but he definitely he was a first round talent. And that was the thing. Was like, oh, hey, yeah. There's off field stuff with this guy. Watch out. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing that uh, right now with, with Frank Clark. And it's not because of a lack of talent. And so, yeah. And actually, you know, what's interesting is 
he's a big reason why Justin Houston's no longer in Kansas City. And, and Justin Houston had a, a really good career with the Chiefs, 22 sacks about, what, five or six years ago uh, that one season. Uh, was it 2014? Yeah, Justin Houston had 22 sacks. And Justin Houston's yeah, still that. getting after it. And I'm, I'm actually surprised Justin Houston is still... Actually, you know what? This this brings me to a, qu- a question that I will tease that was asked by a listener out there about uh, uh, how good of a team we could make with current free agents and if it's a <laughs> yeah. team that could beat the, the Houston Texans roster right now. So maybe we'll answer that question a little bit. One more note here, though. Real um, quick, Frank, you're right. Frank Clark was a second. Yeah. He was a late second, 63rd pick okay. overall by Seattle. So I was wrong on that, but he definitely fell. And another... Uh, defensive lineman here. All defensive line stories so far today. Vikings rookie defensive tackle Jalen Twyman shot four times while visiting his aunt in Washington, D.C. area. Wrong place, wrong time is what his agent Drew Rosenhaus said about the incident. In talking to him, quote, he's doing, he's going to be okay. That's all that matters. We're thankful he's okay. He will make a full recovery. So, you know, good news there that he will make a full recovery. Recovery likely rookie defensive tackle Jalen Twyman shot four times. That's a, that's a rough time and place to be if you're in the wrong place, wrong time with that getting shot. Not only once, but four times. Yeah. Pick guy. Um, I, not that I know him or no, I mean, I know people that know him of course, but um, I don't know much more to add for that. It sounds like he's very lucky. Um, you know, the first thing you hear is someone's shot four times. You assume, first of all, he's potentially dead or he's never going to play football again. Yeah. And you're not hearing any of that, which is lucky for the young man. I mean, incoming rookie. So that is the day's news. Uh, some very different stories there. And uh, you hope that all of those stories end well, obviously. Uh, Frank Clark is the one really to monitor here going forward because now he's in trouble with the law and probably going to be in trouble with the league at some point and could potentially miss some games. And with that huge salary, the Kansas City Chiefs will have to make some decisions. So we'll see where that story goes. And, and I'm sure we'll have more notes on that as we get closer. somewhat unusual news day. I mean, yes. is the whole offseason going to be like that? I, I mean, mean, you know, actually, you. I think I believe it was you that brought it up about this is the time we're going to start hearing those stories. Like you yep, said it yep. last week that look, players leaving their team now. You get forty days off and you are doing whatever you want to do. You could be working out, you could be hitting the club, you could be getting into some trouble, you could be rolling in your Lambo with an Uzi. There's a lot of things that could happen. <laughs> and a lot of these stories could pop up at this time of year. Absolutely, and I'm sure most of them won't be wonderful. So hold on to your, you know, again, these guys didn't have this a year ago. Uh, because they were locked down, so they might have to, you know, get it out of their system double this year. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Is if this is if if you like to go looking for trouble a little bit, you didn't get a chance to do that for a year. You're probably a little bit antsy about what you can get into right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, coming up, your questions on Peacock and Williamson. Let me tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, information, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, even all your UFC, MMA action. They got so much going on here. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device. It's super easy. And check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams preps for their runs for the playoffs as well. Uh, head to the website and or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON, 
all one word, all caps, locked on. That's 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. By the way, Matt, looking at this Lamborghini SUV, it's it's still not mm. very big, very sporty, low to the ground, almost looks like a, a very fancy Subaru. So I wouldn't even see this and think this, this is, is a Lamborghini. Types. I bet it sounds like a Lamborghini. About about 200K, a little out of my hey, price range okay. for a car. I don't know if, Williamson, you'd be rocking about a 200K vehicle. Uh, we've gone from Toyota Sienna's. We had like seven of those in a row, and we just got a Volkswagen Atlas recently. So okay. I don't think our next step is going to be a Lambo of any sort, most likely. Maybe the minivan version of a Lambo at some point. There you go. Although the the son is about a year and a half from driving, he, maybe he'll be pushing for the Lambo. Oh, I'm sure. Too. I'm sure that'd he's be a great become, first car for him, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's gonna become the dad <laughs> with some. Uh, he's gonna be showing the phone. Hey, look at this car, Dad. This is pretty cool, right? Trying to drop some hands for you. Yeah, um, I what, I went, what I went for 16th birthday. How about a Lambo <laughs> SUV? Yeah, sure, Sonny boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, let's let's get to some of these questions here. Um, actually, here's one that so for the listeners out there who don't know us very well, maybe some new listeners and don't remember the early days of sports podcasting at ESPN. Our old friend Go Pats, who's been tweeting at you even since before I joined you here. Uh, on the podcast, Matt, he says, in light of ESPN erasing the old pods, which is sad, maybe you can talk about the history of football today for the newer listeners ahead of its time for sure. You may be erased, but always in the hearts of the practice squad. Wow, this could be a whole segment. This could be a whole show. I mean, I've had Ross Tucker and Jay Soderberg and Robert Flores on. We all did, you know, overlap there. I'll keep it short, but I've been tweeting about this because a couple nights ago, on A&E, I think it is. I'm not a wrestling fan, but I, I was when I was a kid until I was like 13 or whatever. I liked, you know, NWA and WWE. But they've had this cool series on, on A&E, I think it is, where they were doing bio, biographies of professional wrestlers. It was like Roddy Piper and Randy Savage. And then they follow it up with like this hunt for old memorabilia. And I was watching it the other night, and it's interesting. And the, the, the whole thing was about Ric Flair. I'm, I'm coming to football today here in a minute. And I remember going... We had Ric Flair on the Football Today podcast. You know, like usually we we, we had usually a player a, a week, but for some reason we had Ric Flair on. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to go see if I can find an old that old episode. They're vanished. Like if anyone out there can find me old episodes of the Football Today podcast from ESPN back when I was there, I would love to find that. But I think they've all been erased. Um, we had amazing guests on. I mean, we had Barry Sanders and Joe Green. And I mean, I'd get a, an email every Tuesday. This is the player that's going through, quote, the car wash at ESPN. Do you want them or not? And half the time, like, nah, you know, like, because we had so much else going on. Yeah. And to sum it up, I mean, I was at ESPN for 10 years. I probably put more minutes in as a football today host than anyone, you know, from start to finish of those 10 years. It was... <laughs> Not to exaggerate, but it was created basically when Matthew Barry's fantasy podcast was, and we were clearly the top NFL and fantasy podcast in the world. And when we hired Ross Tucker, that was like five years into the podcast. It's amazing considering where Ross is doing right now. He said, yeah, I like Williamson would be a good team, but what's a podcast? You know, like he didn't even know what a <laughs> podcast was when we hired him, you know, so Nobody had podcasts then. I mean, we had 100,000 downloads a week. And 
I have no qualms telling you what happened, but ESPN couldn't figure out how to make any money with it. <laughs> Even though it was so popular, right? Because advertisers didn't trust it. They they didn't trust the medium, and that's they the biggest thing that's it. happened. They didn't know what it was. Right. And nobody wanted to own it. I mean, back then, ESPN.com said ESPN Radio should deal with these stupid podcasts. ESPN Radio said ESPN.com should deal with these stupid podcasts. They're never going to make any money. They're useless. Who cares about them? And it's one of my biggest regrets that's actually outside of my control, but it was the biggest football podcast in the world. I mean, and we had a monopoly before anyone did. And frankly, I didn't do anything wrong to cause the demise of it. The ESPN just said, this isn't making any money. Why are we bothering doing it? It's so amazing. No. And yeah, and and one of the reasons I jumped with both feet into the podcasting game and left radio, because there's just some, some old ideas that um, they, they were... There's a lot of old media companies that are so steep in their ways, and, and we kind of saw it with the newspaper stuff, right? And even still, you look at some websites from news companies, and you're like, God, this is terrible. This is why terrible. you're failing, and these other companies are getting popular and better because you don't understand what's going on in the world right now, and, and you're, the product you're giving is the same product you were given in 1995, and it's not 1995 anymore. And uh, and, and I just I, I feel you with that story because I worked for some radio stations, and I was like, look— Give me the password to the website because this is garbage, and let me at least write blurbs like I do for RotoWire for your personal website. And they're like, nope, it's it's handled by corporate. We can't do anything like that. And of course, now they have their own division, their own media division. They're podcasting every show from the radio station, um, and and we're just seeing it come full circle now. And and obviously, ESPN Radio, everything there is getting podcasted now. So you're just ahead of your time, and nobody had the foresight to to figure this stuff out. What year was it, by the way, that you that you launched that thing, Football Today? Who? That's a good question because the history of it was Jeremy Green was the first host who actually was the director of pro personnel with me with the Browns. He was one of my bosses. He's Dennis Green's son. Um, he, I don't know how to, you can Google his name, but he has got himself in a lot of trouble. I was an original uh, guest there. Every Monday and Wednesday, I would join Jeremy and break down games, preview games, or whatever. He got in trouble, and they basically said, ah, we're in big trouble. Williamson, can you save us? And I became the host. They shortly hired Ross Tucker after that. Um, I don't know why they moved on from Ross. It made no sense at the time. But then they hired Robert Flores, who works for the MLB Network now. And we had a, I had a blast with both those guys as co-hosts. And Daniel Dopp produced it at the end, who does uh, Fantasy Focus or whatever the, that one's called still. And Jay Soderberg was kind of the creator of it. So, man, that was probably 18 years ago. I mean, it's been almost 10 years since I was let go by ESPN. And I was at ESPN for 10 years. And I think it was like my second or third year of being there that the podcasts were created. So, to be very honest, I mean, like, if there's a podcast Hall of Fame, Football Today should be in it. I mean, it was ahead of the times. It was huge. Like I said, we had huge celebrities on in the football world all the time. We had a, a format. We got a million downloads before even there were podcast apps. You know, like if you were on your phone there, there wasn't a podcast app. They had to go to the website and download it. Yeah, you had to download it onto your iPod. That's why they're called guess, podcasts. Yeah. yeah, you put all the audio on your podcast, then you, on your iPod, then you hit the road. Yeah, okay, that made sense. So you had to prepare ahead of time yeah you had to have all your music and the podcast downloaded first before you left the house and then it was all on your 
your iPod and then you would you would roll with it. So it's amazing even how far the technology has come. But just to have that many listens and, and for them not to have figured out how to monetize it, that's the bummer. But hey, we're here oh, now great. and we are monetizing things now and the industry has changed quite a bit, been disrupted quite a bit and a lot of it's because OGs like yourself, Matt, and you're you're huge in the podcast game still. ESPN missed the boat way back in the day, and a lot of people did. Ross Tucker is a, a podcast mogul now, doing different right. podcasts every day of the week. We've had Ross on the show here as well, so shout out to Ross if you're listening. So really interesting how that all came about and uh, how everybody ended up where they are. Yeah, pretty crazy. So, I mean, certainly makes me feel old. Um, it really... It, I'm not say it derailed my career, but I often think about what if they would have stuck with it? You know, where would I be in this, you know, community? And uh, not that I'm unhappy, don't get me wrong, but I, I what it could have been, I guess, is what it, it comes down to. But in the end, I'm I'm very proud I was a part of it. And I'm glad that a lot of our people listened back then that are listening now. And when I threw it out on Twitter looking for old episodes, I got a million people quoting things we used to do and you know, people saying I I'm from Australia and I knew nothing about football and your, your podcast is the reason I got into the sport. And then I coached and, you know, like change people, I mean, not change people's lives, but it affected people's lives. Since we're getting into the personal side of things here, uh, this one from Aaron on Twitter, when I asked what we should be getting into on today's show, uh, one listener, Steve said pants, probably Aaron said pants are leg prisons. And so that makes me, <laughs> makes me want to ask you, Matt, are you more of a shorts guy or a long pants guy? Oh, I'm like 90% shorts guy. Okay. I mean, even in the middle of winter here takes a lot for me to put pants on. Like even when I go like the radio station, they make fun of me like, dude, there's a foot of snow on the ground and you have shorts on. Dude, that's exactly like my dad. My dad's closet looks like, uh, if you remember the Inspector Gadget cartoon, where he, he mm -hmm. in his closet, it's the same suit every day. My dad has the exact same clothes, and he wears shorts 99% of the time, no matter how cold it is outside. I'm the opposite. I yeah. love wearing pants and long sleeves. I lived in San Francisco for 15 years, and it's always 65 degrees there, so you can always wear a hoodie and long pants every single day, and I love that wow. sort of a thing. But now I'm inland a little bit. gets a lot hotter, so now I'm in shorts five months out of the year and in pants the other seven months out of the year, essentially. So No, I, I shovel snow in shorts. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling you are a shorts guy. So, yeah, yeah, pants, yeah, pants are leg prisons to Matt Williamson. Yeah, I don't dislike them. They have a place, but I also work from home, so... I mean, we're talking like basketball shorts, workout shorts, 90% of my wardrobe or my 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 dress because yeah. I don't go anywhere. <laughs> Just to let the, the listeners know out there, if you ever want to see us, at some point we're going to have all these podcasts. The network is slowly moving every podcast to a YouTube channel. So we're going to have to like start showering and putting on at least tops. We can still go uh, <laughs> with whatever shorts we want in, in most cases here on the podcast. But I think our, our mugs are going to be on the screen doing this podcast in the very near future that might be disappointing to some i hope the, <laughs> the expectations aren't too high yeah, um one thing on that note though that's going to be hard for me because i don't sit still at all uh, i mean it, i i do a lot of these zoom calls for like Steelers website and you got to sit there and look at the camera that's hard for me like when mm -hmm. we're talking every time people listen to a podcast i'm rummaging around the computer you know so, far enough that my cord reaches but I'm not sitting still. I stand up the whole time and kind of move around. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to be in a similar boat then because, yeah, I'm hyperactive. I'm constantly moving around, and uh, I got this sit-stand desk, though, so I can, I, if I need mm. to stand, I can raise up the desk, and I can stand and, and do the pod. I can sit and do the pod, so 
Uh, cool. That was a must when I set up my podcast studio because I definitely am up and down and, and moving around all the time. So that'll be fun to see us bouncing off the walls as we're doing this I know, I'll forget. podcast. Right. Yeah. And start <laughs> roaming around. Right. <laughs> You're like, where Williamson go? He's not on the screen anymore. Right. Uh, especially so like when you get into a like subject, right? You want to stand right, up and yeah. talk about it. Exactly. Right. I get moving and get excited and you always hear my, my Yeti here and, you know, I'm not sitting still doing nothing. All right. More football questions. We'll finish up this <laughs> Twitter Tuesday next. Starting to realize that there's no bad time to enjoy a built bar. It's how I started my day today. Did not have a lot of time before I had to hit record and get working. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal. Maybe you can't do much better than a low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber snack. The tastes awesome. And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there, uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and even great for a keto diet. That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. A couple of really good questions and and topic ideas, Matt, that we got that there's not enough time to do today. So they might be their own episodes later and, and potentially even this week. But shout out to Christopher, who on pen and paper gave you the information you asked for the other day on the pod, which was... Uh, teams' records in one one score, score game. games, right? Yeah, yeah. Good for this guy, Christopher Rule R U L E. Thank you very much. It's on my Twitter timeline. He just sat down with a piece of paper, old school, and starts scribbling. And I assume the numbers are right, but I uh, I took all your information, Christopher, put it into a handy dandy spreadsheet, and factored in win percentage in those games. And probably later this week, we'll touch on it. I mean. Obviously, bad teams are worse than good teams, you know, I mean, and there's something to that. But the football outsiders folks and people like that will tell you if if you're really lopsided in one score games, chances are you'll come back to the mean going forward. So it's a bigger conversation. But just thanks, Chris. And if you guys want to check it out on Twitter, you can see the video, the, the visual that he created there, which is it's not pretty. It's just scribbled. But he did a lot of work. And then there was another question about if we could build a roster from current free agents that's better than the Houston Texans, that's also going to take some time uh, and it would more time than we have on the rest of today's pod. But that's a good question. That I think we should dive into later this week and, and that'd be a lot of fun. And I have a hunch that we might be able to come up with a pretty darn good roster compared to the Houston Texans. So I think the answer is yes, uh, but we'll find out and, and we'll go through that. But let's go to Mark's question here. I got one thing on that. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Um, I'm sure we could. I mean, there's a high quality group out there. I've actually done this exercise over the year, this time of year at times, and I pro- I don't know which ones they are, but there'll be a couple positions that's really scarce. And of course, quarterbacks are going to be one of them, but maybe you could be as good as, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor or one of them, probably not, but, you know, um, and, and it's going to be hard to find five high-end offensive linemen mm-hmm. who can start. But there'll thinking. be a couple positions that are light. Defensive line looks pretty good. Defensive line's good. Yep. Offensive line's going to be tough. Quarterback. Does Andrew Luck count is my question. <laughs> hmm. 
He's uh, he's technically on the retired list, so not a free agent. I guess. I, say, so, I don't think he's a free agent. Yeah. Or I mean, the Colts wouldn't be ha- thrilled if somebody just plucked him off. The right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, he just signed somewhere else after they traded a first round pick for Carson Wentz. How about like Rivers? Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we might be able. Let's see. Okay, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll get into that exercise maybe later that, yeah. this week. Uh, Mark, any suggestions are are welcome to help yeah. us. With oh, absolutely. Yeah, it is a slow period, and so if if nobody's caught with an Uzi in their Lamborghini, then you know that's right. a, that's one less segment for us every day. So I mean, Richard Sherman, and you know, right, <laughs> right. Mark says, "Can you rank the last place teams? San Francisco, Detroit, Philly, Atlanta, Denver, Cincy, New York Jets, and Jacksonville in order of most likely to win their division this year?" Okay. I am looking for a pen. I always have one handy here. And so I'm going to do it without a pen. So we have, can you spit them? I guess yeah, not my pen. I'll spit them out one more time here. So we've got San, San Francisco was last place in the NFC West. In the yeah. NFC North, it was the Detroit Lions. In the East, Philadelphia Eagles. In the South, the Atlanta Falcons. In the AFC West, the Denver Broncos were in last place. Cincinnati Bengals in the North. New York Jets in the East and the Jacksonville Jaguars in the South, and we're ranking those eight teams. Most your Niners to, are clearly number one. They got to be one. They have the toughest division, but they have the best roster and the best team, so they yes. have to be number one. Clearly number one. I want to say Denver next, but they've got yeah. the toughest competition as well, right there in the uh, in the AFC West. So let's see if there's another team that's got a better shot to win their division than the Broncos. I'm going to go San Fran 1, Denver 2, Atlanta 3. Not that I think they have a great shot to win their division. The team that might have the second best shot to win their division, this sounds bonkers, could be Jacksonville. I was about to say Jacksonville. I think they're maybe even number two. I think there's a big gap after one, and I would be I would be less shocked if the Trevor Lawrence Jacksonville Jaguars were in first place over the Titans and Colts than if the Drew Locke Broncos were in first place over the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, because we can't call them the Aaron Rodgers Broncos because then that's yeah. a different conversation. Right, yeah, and obviously they would jump up to you know one one A one B there with the Niners if they had Aaron Rodgers. Can Jacksonville win nine games and Wentz is a disaster and the Colts only win seven and. Julio only plays three games and Tennessee struggles and only wins eight. I think Jacksonville would be one. And and, and in fact, I might put a couple bucks down, especially after the Julio trade. That's a long shot bet that Jacksonville wins that division because I bet it pays pretty well. All it takes is an injury or two for the Titans because they're still relatively thin and you can't project... Um, you can't project Julio Jones to play 17 games and there's a chance he could, but you know, just with his career and how banged up he's been through the years even though he's played through a lot of injuries um Carson Wentz could maybe not be great and right there right. goes the hopes for the Colts so that's division wise and maybe I'd put Philadelphia in this too because the that's what East I was thinking is a division, division that's good. that's winnable and you could definitely squint and see how second year Jalen Hurts takes a big bump maybe things are go right under the new head coach there and and maybe that's an easier division for the Eagles to win than even someone like Denver who's I'd think a better team right now yeah, I mean they're they're both long shots. Don't get me wrong, but I was going to say the Eagles in the same vein as Jacksonville as well. I, I trust Lawrence a lot more than I trust Hurts. But if that offensive line actually stays healthy, their their skill position players are decent. The D line's pretty decent. I think it's going to be a long year for the Eagles. But we saw the state of that division just a year ago. 
Cincy, I think, is improving, but they're clearly fourth in that division. Yes. I, I don't think they're in the conversation. Too many Same teams to jump over, and yeah. the, the question about how strong Burrow and how quickly he's going to come back and be himself after a, a pretty nasty injury. And, mm-hmm. yeah, too many teams to jump over. Similar w- with Detroit, because even if, like, let's say Aaron Rodgers gets traded, I don't know if Detroit's better than Green Bay still. And, and Detroit's still going to be behind the Vikings and behind the Bears. So Detroit is still even, you know, in best-case scenario, it's hard to put them up there. And then the other team's the New York Jets here, who I like. I like the direction they're going, but I think the Patriots are going to be improved. They're going to be a 10-win team. There were seven wins last year, and... Maybe they overpaid, but they definitely got better for, with, with a lot of the additions they made. And obviously, the Bills are really good, and the Miami Dolphins are you know a year ahead in their rebuild over the Jets and going in the right direction. So it's really hard for me to put them there. So now I have to decide who's last. Is it Detroit or is it the Jets or maybe even Cincy? I actually ranked these teams against each other, ranked them one to eight, not their chances to win the division. And I ranked them San Fran... Denver, Atlanta, Cincy, Jets, Jags, Eagles, Lions. So if Aaron Rodgers were to disappear from the NFC North, I probably would pick the Vikings or maybe Chicago to win that division. And that would, you know, be one of the least, you know, easiest divisions to win in the league. But I think the Lions are like the second worst team in football. Cincy, Jets, Lions are the last three is how I put this question. Mm -hmm. Cincy versus Jets is a conversation. So some things to get excited about, but they got a long way to go. To answer your question, Mark, Niners, Broncos, Falcons, Jaguars, Eagles, Bengals, Jets, Lions. Yeah. That's how I'd, yeah. I'd rank them most likely to least to likely to win their divisions. I hear you. Yeah, San Fran's clearly won. All right, we're pretty much out of time here. Uh, let's, okay. I'm trying to see if there's one question we can answer in, in one word. Is there a ch- this is tough because it's Pittsburgh, but you've got to condense this to one sentence, Matt. Ready? Is there a chance Green Bay drafted their quarterback in the future a season too early or season or two too early, and Pittsburgh is drafting theirs a season or two too late? Yes, that's, yes. that's certainly possible. No that's question fair. about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks everybody for your questions, Matt. Thank you for story time. That was fun hearing about the old days of podcasting <laughs> way back when. The Stone Ages of podcasting, yep. I love it. It brings back memories. I, I remember me and a group of people actually taught my college broadcasting class what podcasting was back in the day. Wow. Around, around that wow. same time, yeah. Wow. Because the professors cool. didn't know. They're teaching analog stuff. This is where you plug in this. This is how radio works. This is how TV works. And they're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm 65 years old. I don't know what podcasting is. So why don't you guys teach oh, us? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet. That's interesting. Pretty amazing stuff. How far we've come. Well, Matt, I'm glad you are here with me. I know if you were at East Penn, you'd have um, a better co-host, but we're we're here no together way. now. <laughs> Had some great ones over the years, though. And you're right there on the list, my man. Oh, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for all your questions. We will be back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.